Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 270. And tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 189, Megan Wallaby is Missing. So... I had to look, and Megan Wallaby was first mentioned on Welcome to Night Vale back on episode 18. Wow. And she was just a man-sized hand all by mm-hmm. itself up until Night Vale's sister city, Nulagorsk, I think, mm-hmm. had uh, like a submarine showed up in Night Vale. And I can't remember even how that worked, but one of the people that arrived there was a six-foot-tall, bald Russian sailor without a hand and that was what he was the body donor for Megan so that's what yeah. she's been on this entire time but she went missing yeah she graduated college and she was going to be starting a new job and Tamika Flynn wanted to throw a party for her and Tamika wanted it to be a reading party where everybody sits in a circle and reads a book but Megan I like that <laughs> oh my goodness yes I want to yes. do something like that yeah especially because uh, you know Megan talked her into actually having a DJ so Michelle Nguyen was playing as a DJ but Tamika was talking and Tamika was sitting around the campfire reading her book and she brought a lot of other books in case anybody else wanted to read and I'm like I need to go to more parties with Tamika Flynn I think so yes well Michelle Nguyen's uh, idea of being a DJ she was told that she needed to play pop music but the only way she'll do that is if she can play at least three different tracks at the same time which she says sounds kind of nightmarish and she described it as freak pop I think that could be a thing that somebody probably can put that into play yeah I wouldn't be surprised if it's already a thing <laughs> so yeah they both saw megan leave but they didn't really think anything of it at the time but that's when megan went missing it was like right at the end of the party and she's been gone for a long time and i don't know they're hoping for the best but they're trying to put the word out about it and we got an announcement from i think it was night Vale's water board or the mm-hmm. the water quality board there is something in the water in night Vale. um it's odorless and colorless and tasteless and they have no idea what it is they just know that there's something different so they want everybody to report any strange things that might happen like mouth sores or bad breakup and they just keep listing all these different things so it could cause anything it sounds like it's just kind of like life. Yep, pretty much. And we also heard the crime report. And because, what is it, the Teach a Spider to Read program? Is mm-hmm. that what it was called? Yeah. Because of that program, crime has been down a lot. You know, it seems to have an effect, except within the spider community, crime is way, way up. So I guess now that they know how to read, they're also participating in fraud. I I think so, because it was violent crime was way down, but it's non-violent crime that we have to worry about now. Gotcha. Yeah, don't give spiders your um, personal information over the telephone. That's a bad plan. Um, Cecil made another announcement that... Megan's watch has been found, but he keeps trying to say that there's nothing bad that could possibly have happened. So there could be lots of different things that would cause a watch to fall off. And I love one of his explanation, maybe gravity got weird and time stopped. And I thought, I will be using that as an excuse at some point. I'm sorry this happened. Gravity got weird and then time stopped. What are you going to do? You know, it happens, but... Yeah, so after that, we got the birthday shout-outs, which seemed to be a real long, rambling pattern of connections from one person to the other. And Very tenuous connections, I think. Yeah, it sometimes had things to do with birthdays, but a lot of times it didn't. But yeah, so that was a thing. And we have another news bulletin, and now... 
The non-sentient hand from Megan's body donor has fallen from the sky, and Cecil is still trying to tell everybody there's lots of things that could have caused that to happen, but possibly something bad may have happened. Yeah, it's really, really hard to stay positive at this point. So we did hear from Megan's mom and dad, and they were thanking everybody for, you know, really standing by him. It's been several days, and they're really worried, but the community has come together to support them, and has dropped off lots of casseroles. They can't eat most of the casseroles because they have some real stringent food requirements. So if you eat gluten or sugar or meat, come over to their place. They're trying to get rid of the food. (laughs) (laughs) Which is something I'm hearing cropping up a lot more because everybody, when people are going through stuff, everybody wants to bring food. But there are a lot of people with some pretty, you know, strict dietary rules about not being able to digest gluten or not being able to have sugar or lots of various things. So I guess maybe ask first. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Or gift certificates to places that deliver. That's kind of nice. So yeah, I've got coworkers who won't eat at any of the potlucks that we have at work because they're too freaked out about the idea of eating food from someone else's house and they don't know how clean that person's house is. I'm like, well. I guess that sounds more reasonable. I used to have some coworkers that wouldn't eat at any restaurant that didn't serve chicken fingers because that's pretty much all they would eat. I'm like, oh my God, what are you, nine? Yeah, yeah. Food weirdness. Anyway, um, we have one more announcement about Megan. Uh, We have terrible news and we have good news. And the terrible news is that Megan's lifeless body has been found. But the good news is that Megan is back and she's perfectly fine and she's crafting a statement to tell her story. And you, Cecil pauses and he said, I probably should have started with that one. <laughs> and while we wait for that statement to come, he's going to take us to the weather. And um, the weather this week, it was kind of like it had a piano and then a synthesized harpsichord and then violins and a flute. And so I was thinking it's like pop. It's kind of indie pop maybe is that a thing is indie pop a thing and i was thinking the exact opposite it almost sounded like the soundtrack to a movie based on a jane austen novel it was that kind of intricate backing to it yeah yeah yeah. so it is called and i'm going to pronounce this incorrectly asinweg 16 by laura theus i thought it i thought it said thesis i was like nope laura theus um it was nice yeah i liked it yeah yeah good rhymes i like that So we come back from the weather, and we've got the statement from Megan. We actually hear from Megan. Don't ask me how Megan's talking as a completely, you know, bodiless hand, but Megan does have a statement. Okay, so she went out from the party to pee, and she said, I don't know if you guys ever experienced this the same way that I did, but having a body that can pee outside is a huge perk. (laughs) Yeah, I I imagine that. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. But so she's standing at the edge of an arroyo, which is a, a gully caused by periodic flooding in the desert, and she feels this crushing pain in her left side of her body, her, her donor body, and it's the body having a heart attack. And she falls into the arroyo and breaks a bunch of bones, but the body was already dead by the time it hit. So the breaking oh, bones didn't actually hurt that much. Yeek. Yeah. So she's lying down there, but now she's stuck because she's surgically attached to the hand. She's trying to make drumming motions to try and get somebody's attention. Nobody can hear. And it starts to rain and there's a flash flood and her and the whole body is just washed miles away. And she winds up somewhere and wakes up in the morning to hear this screeching sound and it's baby raptor season. So all the vultures and raptors are up picking pieces off of her uh, donor body. And she manages to partly bury herself so that she doesn't get attacked until the vulture manages to separate her from the body, which she said did hurt. 
Um, so she's crawling away and she's getting chased by buzzards and it's really terrifying. And then she runs into a tarantula whose name is Nero. And Nero invited her into his home so that he could guide her through the burrows. And his family and his community was all there and they gave her medical attention and they taught her how to speak tarantulish, which is actually <laughs> done by drumming on the ground, which sounds perfect for a disembodied hand to be able yeah. to do. This entire time I'm thinking, of course she's running to spiders because I'm sure she's running away. She looked a lot like a spider. I'm sure she did, yeah. But, I mean, they get to know each other really well and the upshot is that she and Nero are now engaged. So good for Megan. She's just moving on with her life. She is. She's not planning on getting a second body because she wants to move into the burrows with Nero and his community. And there's not a lot of room for anything bigger than her size right now. But yeah, they've got plans for building one of those like web burrow type things in the trees that has a great view. And she's still going to start her new job as a swimming coach, I think, at the community center. That'll be interesting. I, I do love how this entire time... Megan has been described as an adult male hand covered with a lot of black hair. So I'm sure she looked not just a spider. She probably looks a lot like a tarantula. So this has been like fate. Yep. Yep. And that's the upshot. There's going to be an engagement party where their families can meet each other. I don't know what Megan's family is going to think, but Megan's family has had to get used to quite a lot over the years. Yeah. I don't know if they ever explained how she became just a disembodied male hand. I guess she was born that way. Um, I think she was. She was, she was treated as having, um, I think when she was first introduced, it was like she had a disability, but that doesn't seem to be the case now. No, I don't think so. Yeah, she was very articulate. Do you know who she's voiced by? I don't know who. So uh, the actress's name is Janet Varney. And do you know the cartoon, The Legend of Korra? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she played Korra. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, that's cool. (laughs) Yeah, a cartoon that I've never watched. And anybody who's ever watched it and found out that I haven't watched it, they're all like, no, Elizabeth, you would like it. (laughs) (laughs) The type of thing we would enjoy. So I need to watch that at some point. I think so, yeah. So, and that was pretty much it. Not yep. much else going on in Nightvale. I liked the um, today's proverb, which was that uh, tomatoes are a kind of fruit. And you can tell this because they have teeth and they pulse when you pick them up. Yeah, no, that's nicely disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it reminds me of my uh, one of my favorite tweets from the Nightvale account was, you can tell the age of a tree by counting its teeth. <laughs> Okay, so that's all for Night Vale, but we've got a few other things that we want to talk about. So we'll start out with the weekly sister Ah, Limetown. Nice. Stone IPA. To the surprise of nobody. To the surprise of nobody. Hang on a second. I have a cat here that's whining and wants to get out. Aw. Well, if you had left when I had told you to go before. Out, out, out. Ah, so, not all that much to talk about with the weekly sit rep. My church has gone back to in-person services, so we had like uh-huh. a couple of dozen people in the building this last time, and four whole choir members. So wow. everybody was being very, very nice and expressed a lot of gratitude that the services had been going on streaming for the entire pandemic. So it was nice. it was nice to get to see everybody again. But we're all still masking because I think the Diocese of North Carolina says that only the people who aren't vaccinated have to wear a mask. But when you have a church, I mean, you're basically, they're going to be people who can't get vaccinated. And of course, they haven't opened it up to kids yet. 
So we would kind of be like telling people to choose between feeling unsafe or making themselves stand out by wearing masks when other people weren't. So our priest just decided, yep, masks for everybody. Yeah, I think that's safest anyway. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Our job is opening the office back up, but they're opening it up to volunteers. And I think they're going for like 10% attendance at this point. Um, everybody's got the opportunity to continue working from home if they want, because I'm sure they don't want to have to rent out quite so many floors in our expensive building. So I will be continuing to work from home. Very glad about that. Uh, Mom and dad are good. Hannah seems to be good. Nathan's fine. His his broken toe is healing nicely, I think. That's good. That's good. (laughs) Yeah, I think everybody's just kind of, I don't know, just, I think we want things to get back to normal so badly, but it's kind of hard to... Like you don't want to rush it. <laughs> you don't, and I'm I'm still obsessively checking the uh, worldometer numbers for uh, COVID nineteen in the U S. and yeah. the the active cases are dropping. They have been dropping steadily for you know ever since December, which is really nice. But yeah. you've got places like Alabama, and the active cases are going up, and yeah. I. I don't know that the vaccinations are all that high there because there's an awful lot of people who think that the vaccinations are a liberal plot. And you know, yeah. it's really not much you can do about that because, you know. It's that whole idea of you can't logic someone out of an argument that they didn't logic themselves into. Yes, what yes. What did you use to get there anyway? And and I know that there's the greater good, but then there's also body autonomy. And it does feel kind of awful to have to say, well, we'll pin you down and give you a vaccine. No, we're not going to no, do that. Nobody's doing do that. that. No, we'll, we'll just, we'll get as many other people vaccinated so you'll be safe. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of it. It's been kind of a quiet couple weeks mm-hmm. which is good I yes like quiet is nice yeah I'm perfectly happy with that so we'll move on from the sit rep now do you want to talk about the horror movie that we watched or do you want to talk about the falcon and the winter soldier okay let's talk about the falcon and the winter soldier because we figured that it was mostly going to be a very quick discussion because it's going to be all oh my god that bit was so cool oh god the bit with the wings in the helicopter. Yes. Okay. Well, anytime Sam has the wings on is always my favorite part of the entire damn episode. I mean, everything yes. they do with those wings is great. And now he has Wakandan wings, which is even better. And he's like trying to fight against the super soldiers and take down a helicopter. And he manages to pull the pilot to safety and they land on the ground. And the helicopter comes crashing into them and he protects them both with his wings. Oh, he makes like a little, like this instant shelter over himself and the helicopter bounces off the damn wings. It was so awesome. But there were so many cool moments like that in that episode. I mean, the first time somebody was getting away and you see, you know, he kind of looks over at Bucky and Bucky's like, I don't fly, man. That's your thing. And so he just, <laughs> at one point he does this thing where he throws the shield through the window, shatters the window, jumps out, wings deploy, dives down, grabs the shield, goes, and I'm like, yeah! So cool. <laughs> Seeing him show up in the Stars and Stripes costume. Oh, man. So he is, he is Captain America. I think that oh. is so cool. And there was a lot of really important things that they said about race in this country and the fact that, yes, you can be the big damn superhero, but you ain't blonde and you ain't white and you don't have blue eyes and they will never let you be Captain America. So Sam was just like, no, I need to do this. And and yeah. he does. And I I thought he had a really good speech at the end to all of the people that were coordinating this big effort to, you know, relocate all of these refugees, which is never a good thing, because of course, it always has to be done by force. And he's telling everybody, you have more power 
in this group than anybody. If you wanted to do something, you could do it. And we have to decide that that's how that, that it, there's no easy solution, but we're going to have to do something other than calling people terrorists and then rounding them up. And that's, yeah, because yeah, no. it's, it'd be complicated all over. Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of like, I thought the whole series was a good balance of like, kind of having a, a good message and a good theme for it. And then just flat out cool things and funny things. And I mean, there was this one random bit where Bucky's helping Sam work on his boat. Mm-hmm. And I guess there was something that was stuck. And Bucky came in and they kind of prized it apart, whatever. And Sam looked at him. He's like, why didn't you use the arm for that? And Bucky has this totally throwaway line. He said, well, I don't always think of it immediately. I'm right-handed. And I went, oh my God, I never thought about that. He has this badass Wakandan metal arm, but it's his left arm. He's right-handed. He's probably going to use the right hand first. I'm like, yep. I, for some reason, that just tickled me. I, I loved all the stuff with Sam and his family. And then, you know, yes. Bucky's obviously flirting with Sam's sister, but and Sam's mm-hmm. telling him not to. And Bucky's like, uh-huh. And he continues to do it. I mean, that bit at the part at the end, he's obviously still flirting with Sam's sister, but at the same time, he's like got his arm stuck out, and there's like five children hanging on to it, and he's just <laughs> carrying on this conversation. It was delightful. It was so good. She's obviously into it too. Like from the second she sees him, she's like, "Hey," <laughs> just all shy and like, "Oh my goodness!" But yeah, it was that was really really cute. The whole thing just had so many fun moments. Um, Julia Louise Dreyfus shows up. Had no idea she was in there. It's a totally different role. But then I only ever watched her in Seinfeld. I haven't watched any of her other stuff. And I need to change that because she's got some range. Yeah. And she was kind of a, I don't know, a mentor to New Cap, who now has a new costume. And he's U.S. agent, which is an existing character that I've never heard of. But, you know, I, I don't read all of the Captain America stuff. See, that's it's been a nice balance in our household because I've been explaining to Nathan stuff that takes place in Endgame, which he still hasn't seen, and oh, stuff boy. that he doesn't remember from the Captain America movies. But he, on the other hand, knows about things like Battlestar and you know, the new Captain America becoming uh, U.S. U.S. agent, U.S. agent, U.S. US agent, agent yeah. and all all of that stuff. And yeah, they apparently seem to be following pretty closely to uh, some of that storyline, which is, yeah. I think, kind of nice that I don't know what was going to happen with that, because when that, you know, Walker shows up and he's got this cobbled together shield because Sam and Bucky took uh, the actual Captain America shield away and he's fighting the uh, super soldiers and you see the truck with all the hostages about to fall over the edge of this cliff. And I thought, okay, is this going to be the final straw for this character and he becomes a bad guy or is he going to get redeemed? And the next thing you see is his shield getting flung away and he is there trying to pull that truck back over the edge. I thought, oh, okay, good. Such a cool moment. Redemption. I like Yay. it. I dig it. Because it was it was really difficult. It was a shitty thing that the government did to him. Because, yeah, he's not supposed to kill a enemy combatant by beating them to death with his shield in front of a whole bunch of witnesses. At the same time, they kicked him out completely. No, yeah. no pension, no nothing, no benefits of any kind. He's just basically served in the military for his entire life and he's out. And I thought, yeah. well, that's that's royally shitty right there. It is, but I mean, like, what he did was so brutal. So you kind of think about the, I don't know, the rules of war and everything, and it's like 
sometimes some people would say that maybe more soldiers should be held accountable for some atrocities. They should, they should, but at the same time, I think the government needs to hold themselves accountable for the fact that they're building these people that are yeah. being put into situations that are gradually more and more escalating to the point where they do commit atrocities and then they punish yeah. them. And that's yeah. not a workable system, guys. No. Also, because New Cap also took the super soldier serum and that clearly drove him just a little bit crazy. So he's got some accountability on that one. Too. I think so. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, so speaking of redemption arcs and the opposite of, we had an interesting development with uh, Agent Carter. Yeah, um, she finally gets the pardon that she's been looking for for ages for stealing Captain America's shield and bringing it to him way back and. Infinity War. Infinity War. Well, thank you. Well, no, wait a minute. It no, was before it was then. Civ- it was Civil War. It was Civil, Civil War. War. That's, right. That's right. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So this entire time, she's been on the run and been setting up this like crime network uh, in oh. another country because she can't go back to the U.S. Um, and then you find out that she was the power broker the entire time. And oh. she had been working with the super soldiers until they turned on her. And... Oh. Yeah, so she finally gets her pardon, and they invite her back to her old job, and she says, I, I would be honored. And then she steps outside, and she's talking on the phone with one of her contacts, and she's like, we need to get some buyers set up, because we're going to have access to all the stuff now, all the military secrets and everything else. Oh, yeah. It's going to be something for everybody. And I thought, well, damn. Yeah, she's a bad guy now, but I'm thinking it's probably going to be, I don't know, I hope it's going to be more of a anti-hero type of thing, like, you know, she's not going to out and out try and hurt people. She's just going to kind of use the government stuff for her own benefit, but end up, you know, being sort of like a Robin Hood on the side or something. That's what I'm, I don't know the character's arc in the comics, so I'm not sure what direction they're going to take this in. I just think it's amazing that she is the Agent Carter's niece, I think, Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. come to this. And that's quite a character arc right there. Yeah. I loved all the scenes at her, her little, I don't know, layer where she had had her stuff set up. I love the idea of like these big, massive parties with music and lights. And it's all around like these priceless pieces of art that she's stolen is selling and everything. And I went, oh, more of that. Yes. <laughs> I love all of that. Yes. So and and it, I loved how she fit into all of it so naturally. I mean, she mm-hmm. was obviously had this commanding presence talking with very dangerous, wealthy people. And mm-hmm. like one of the first things that she did when she showed up, she's taken on a whole bunch of people that are coming for Sam and Bucky. And I'm like, why do we even need the super serum for anybody? Why do we just have her come in and kick ass all over the place? She doesn't seem to be having any problems. Yeah, I would definitely watch a show about her adventures. That'd yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely tell partway through the sixth episode, you're like, oh, yeah, this is definitely the series finale here. Right? There, are not be two more <laughs> there was no way they could have ramped up from that episode, I don't think. No, no, no. Really, really fun, though. Okay, so moving on from there, we had talked last week about how you had just randomly watched a couple horror movies, Mm -hmm. one horror movie and one really bleak movie. And then you texted me the other day to say that you'd watched another one. And I was really intrigued when you told me the description about it. I finally, because it's on Netflix, I went ahead and watched Unfriended. And mm-hmm. it's it's not just a horror movie. It is freaking clever. I mean, it I is. love the fact you were seeing all of this on somebody's desktop. That is the mm-hmm. entire, except for like a second and a half at the very ending, all you see is what's on the desktops. So you're seeing people's Skype windows. You're seeing instant messenger windows. You're seeing people, someone frantically click from window to window on the internet browser trying to search for something. And mm-hmm. and all of the like 
little pauses at one point, you know, one of her friends is slagging on another friend and she's like, you didn't know her like I did. She was dealing with stuff. And you see the message window like what? And she tries like three different times to type out something about the person's, you know, there was an uncle. And she yeah. only gets a few words in and she just keeps typing and deleting and type and deleting and finally says, family stuff. It's not important. So and it just that that is brilliant to do something like that, because it sums up an entire conversation, even though two people are not actually looking at each other face to face, but you can see all that. So I remember years ago, somebody some movie reviewer was saying how, you know, because this is years and years ago, computers were becoming more of the plot of movies. And they said, oh, I'm so tired of seeing somebody like sitting at a computer screen and typing something. And they're they're just always trying to bring the computers in. And I remember at the time, it was just like, settle down, dude, it's not that bad. But this is a movie that just it's only about the communication on the computer. And it is so compelling. Yes, everything that's happening. It's frantic it's scary there's even music because like she'll be playing some of her own music as a background and then like sometimes the whatever entity that's taking things over will start playing music but there's still like some ambient sounds going on every once in a while too but it is it is freaking terrifying in places i have to tell you uh, by the way we should just go ahead and say giant spoiler warnings if you don't want to get spoiled for any more of this uh, I'll put a timestamp in the podcast description so you can jump past it uh, because I think there's a lot of people who would really enjoy this but the most terrifying moment of that entire movie the blender the blender because it was the last thing I was expecting but everybody the way everybody died in this was set up at the very beginning. Jess mm-hmm. was straightening her hair with a, mm-hmm. a electric straightener and Ken had a blender and mm-hmm. Mitch had a knife and Adam mm-hmm. had a gun and mm-hmm. yeah, all of that. And boy, just to see, cause you know, you'll lose the connection and then you're sitting there watching the spinning wheel of death and you're wondering what, what, what happened? And then he jumps up and he's screaming and the picture keeps cutting out and his arms in the blender. Oh, it's so, so just the exact type of thing you'd be terrified of. I love it when a movie does that. It's like, here's something that I know is going to freak you out because it freaks everybody. Every time I use a blender, there's always that thought. I'm like, this thing could eat my hand alive. (laughs) But then there was also more subtle, scary things like, and I wonder how they worked the how the movie creators worked this out with Facebook because there was no fakery going on. This was not some Facebook clone. It was actually Facebook. And so of course it starts out with it's like the year anniversary of their friend Laura who committed suicide by shooting herself after someone took an embarrassing video of her being drunk and like losing control of her bowels, I think. Like when you when you first see the video, you think it's just about her being drunk and being out of control. But they like zoom in and yeah, I had to I had to look. Yeah, I think she, you know, definitely had an accident, but it was also um, menstrual blood. So there was like blood all over her crotch and everything. And it was like zoomed up. It was really distasteful. Yeah. Like the type of thing that only an asshole would film that. But having it get out, I mean, I, I, you always sort of wonder, you know, you hear people killing themselves because of cyberbullying. Yeah, you, you, this is a movie that describes exactly how that could happen. So, yeah, so Blair is getting messages from Laura's Facebook account. And so yeah. she goes to, like, try to figure out how to report that and gets instructions on how to memorialize Facebook, right. which is to 
submit this whole form and write up when or what she needs to do and the information about her friend and post a link to a news story or a obituary, I guess, and then submit. But she hits submit and gets the error message. You've typed something wrong. And yeah. she looks in and everything she typed has been replaced in all caps with we got her, we got her, we got her, we got her. I'm like, oh, my that's God, that's so that's a little frightening right there. Creepy, really nicely done with all the little creepy elements. And they have to play a game called Never Have I Ever, where they're all holding up hands. And they just they just manage to eviscerate each other with finding out because, you know, whoever's running this game is going to know if they lie. And so they just know the worst thing that everybody's done. And the bit where... Blair and Adam have been given a printed out piece of paper and they are trying so hard not to show it. And it's Because the person who says that she's Laura is telling them in Messenger, if you hang up, your friends will all die. And if anyone yeah. leaves this conversation, they will die. And a couple of people, Ken and... Uh, yeah, I think it's Ken and Jess at this. Well, oh, and Val. Val, who oh, they brought in God, in the beginning. Val. Oh, that was terrifying because she like disappears and then she shows up and they think that her screen is frozen because she's just sitting there staring forward. So they call her and you hear the sound of her phone and then you see the vibration is shaking her phone into the view of the camera. So creepy. That was really creepy. creepy. So everybody knows that if they leave, they'll die. But Mitch, uh, Blair's boyfriend, is furious because he found out that Adam and Blair had sex. A couple of times. So he's freaking out. He's telling both of them, show me what the paper is. And they're both saying, we can't, we can't, we can't. And finally, Mitch is like, I'm leaving. And Blair freaks out and holds up the paper. And it says, if you show this, Adam will die. And Adam shoots himself. And his paper falls into the camera frame. And it says, if you show this paper, Blair will die. And just both of them, I rewatched that scene. And both of them knowing, we can't show this. We can't show this. What the heck are we going to do? Oh, man. Oh, it's just like at that moment, knowing that somebody will die, you just have to figure out who is going to die at this moment. So, so oh, it's yeah. just terrifying. Terrifying. But what you find out, of course, over you know this entire movie is everybody is has at one point or another been really awful to somebody else in their group of friends. Mm-hmm. And they all have been involved in some way with the cyberbullying that led Laura to kill herself. They either... Yeah defaced her grave, uh, said something shitty to her when she sent a message begging them to please take it down if you were the one who did it. Um, They jumped on the dog pile that the internet does anytime they find a target. Yeah. And then, you know, it, I think it was Mitch was the person who shared the video with everybody, but Mm. Blair was the one who filmed it. And what I thought the most effective thing in the whole movie was that, this Laura person then shares that information. And you can see it was because Blair turned the camera around on herself and said, oh, I can't believe it. We got her. Yeah. And it posts it for everybody to see. And you see the messages start popping up. And it's the exact same thing that everybody was saying to Laura when she was being bullied. And it's the nature of the internet that people will turn on a target, but once they're gone, they'll start looking for another target. And then the person that they drove to suicide is now the person that they're going to jump up and white knight and try to defend their honor. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, this movie was, this movie came out in 2014. Mm -hmm. It's a little crazy how, you know, seven years later, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. This movie could have been filmed last year. The only difference would be instead of talking on Skype, they'd be talking on Zoom. Other than that, everything's the same. Everything's the same. And 
we get to the part that I think worked the least in the entire mm-hmm. movie. I know what you're going to say. <sighs> the very ending. You see this ghostly form slam Blair's laptop closed and like jumps at her. And that's the end of it. I'm like, no, because you saw Blair looking at these messages popping up and realizing she was about to go through the exact same hell that she put yeah. her friend through. And then they had to get in one more jump scare. And I'm like, oh, yeah. guys, you should have stuck to your guns. They, Yeah, they, they couldn't have her, like, I guess it wouldn't have been as, quote unquote, powerful an ending to just have her realize that her life was just going to become a living hell because of all the cyberbullying. That wasn't, that wasn't enough. They had to actually kill her. I don't know. There was that bit when this Laura person posted a link to the video that convinced, that, that drove Laura to suicide. So they posted it, and then they posted another window playing it, and another one, and another one, and another one, and filling up the entire screen with all of these videos. They're just a few seconds yeah. off from each other. I think if they had done that again at the ending, but just with the messages, and the messages wow. coming in through Facebook, and the messages being posted as comments on the video, and you know somebody calling up on Skype and like having it answer all by itself, and it's someone screaming at her that she needs to kill herself, I think that would have worked really really well if they had done that. It would have. I thought if you wanted to go for a more traditional movie ending, if you had to make it violent at the very end, the movie, like they they do set up everybody's death in Mm -hmm. the beginning. The movie does open with her checking out a website for like strange occurrences. I don't know. um, And you see a body that's been hung in the trees. And I wonder if they could have like somehow turned that death around on her. Ooh, that that's how she died. You that know? is or, exactly the suggestion that I saw in Reddit, that they could have done oh, a, a timey-wimey thing where it yeah. loops back around to the picture that she had been looking at the entire time was her actually ha- hanging herself. Oh, oh, that would be even better. You wouldn't even have to see her kill herself. You just have it zoomed up on the picture and it's, see that it's definitely her. And it's her like, face. What's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought the same thing. I was just kind of like... Hmm, the whole movie is all on the computer screen, but we get that one little bit in the real world. Mm -hmm. And I went, well, sort of, the whole movie was on computer screens. It was always on computers. Mm -hmm. I I still enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, me too. I'll tell you, my only other uh, problem was that I felt, I mean, I think both the actors who played Adam and Mitch did an amazing job. They yes. looked too much alike. It was too yes. confusing. And it's yes. it's because there is that mold that you will have these actors that are playing like 18 to 30, whatever it is that everyone's decided is acceptable for someone to play a high schooler. Yeah. Yeah. And they are the traditional handsome young guys. And yeah. I got really confused for a bit trying to figure out, wait a minute, is that... Is she? She's dating Mitch. Wait, was she dating Adam? Yeah, because it just got a little confusing to see yeah, those no, two. That's I, I did have the thought that they looked like like nine tenths of the characters that you'd see on the um, oh, what is it called? Legacy, the spinoff of the spinoff of Vampire. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that guy. He's all over the place. So yeah, it would have been nice to have one of them be blonde. Maybe I guess. I, I guess. Or well, it was kind of hard to see on Zoom to hair color yeah. that sort of yeah, thing. No, that's very true. That's the other thing I liked is that a lot of times. You know, the way Skype will sometimes, if you've got too much activity going on the screen, people's faces will kind of fuzz in in and out. That was such a creepy effect when things were getting really chaotic that, you know, the screen would go fuzzy and then kind of like a fuzzy version of their face would kind of come out of the static and everything. And I thought that was an effective use of something that we've all seen on Skype. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, is it frozen? Is it everything pixelated? It just... 
it wouldn't have been as creepy if everything had been crisp and clean the whole time. But that little bit of staticiness gave it that layer of reality that we're so used to. Yeah, I mean, really smart. The the movie creators, they know all of the horror movie tropes, but they also know how the internet works. And there's none of this. I mean, you know, you see it on like cop shows or sci-fi shows or something where someone's looking at a computer screen and it's nothing like what anyone would actually see on the computer. This, even to the point of having to like desperately click and drag windows out of places and trying to, to find some way to force quit something because they're trying yeah. to empty out their uh, uh, their cash while they're I think Ken was trying to d- install some kind of Trojan detector or whatever on everybody's computers to get rid of what they thought was the glitch and you know before mm-hmm. the time period I think some of the folks on Reddit were complaining about the fact that none of these people call the police or run out of the house and I think a lot of people said well it's because it's they're addicted at this point. Kids today, if it's happening on the computer, that's the part that's real. I think the fact that they called 911 at one point and they got someone telling them, don't hang up. And it was obviously the Laura person. And then, yeah. of course, the fact that the people who got murdered, apparently just somebody mind controlled them into killing themselves. So they right. knew there really wasn't any running away from this. No, I read in the trivia for it, bless the IMDb trivia, <laughs> that the creators actually did research into conversations. Like, I think they managed to get in part of chat rooms with teenagers online and watching arguments that teenagers are having online and it's like something about the hoops that teenagers will jump through to continue an argument online Mm -hmm. and that's the whole like they're having an argument on Skype but they're talking through instant messenger and they're sending each other an email and everything I mean that was really very true to nature and I don't know I mean I I feel like our generation I'd be curious I guess well mom and dad don't really like horror movies anyway but yeah, I think this is a, a very specific group of people who would like this movie. But I think if you're any older than us, it might not reach you. Maybe not. I don't think so. If you're not used to that, about having a good portion of your life online. Yeah, yeah. And also having multiple communications going on at the same time. I mean, it's like with the watch party with us. We're watching a movie, but we're also sending instant messenger messages back and forth all the time. And we probably have our phone up checking to see if our Instagram post got another like or whatever. It's like uh, we, uh, what did the tweet I see? We spend our work days staring at a medium sized screen so we can come home and stare at a big screen while looking down at a little screen at the same time. And I went, mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Why? Well, I, I asked Nathan ages ago, when, you know, because there has been an escalation in the bullying stories. Lots sure. lots more people talking about bullying. I don't remember that many news stories about kids committing suicide because of bullying, but we're seeing a lot of that now. And right. I asked Nathan, I'm like, I mean, because you and I got kind of lucky when we were in high school. We weren't the most popular people out there, but we were definitely more of a not really paid attention to rather than having people actually seek us out. And I asked Nathan, has something changed now? And Nathan said, well, yeah, because, you know, high school and middle school and, and, you know, you would have awful people. But at the end of the day, you went home. And on Friday, you went home and you had a couple of days without any of that. And now it chases everybody home. It's in their lives completely. Every part of their life now is online. So if somebody wants to make your life miserable, you really can't hide. 
good. It's also the idea that it, you know, we've said before that thank God we were teenagers in a time before social media, because I can think of like hundreds of dumbass things that I said as a kid that didn't even realize until much later, well, that was a stupid fucking thing to say. Oh my God. I mean, you say something dumb nowadays, it'll chase after you forever. Forever. If somebody puts a video of you online, it will probably be there forever. So that's definitely that idea, not just that it chases you home, but that sinking feeling of this will never go away. Yeah. I am, I am so grateful that some, most of my high school and middle school fan fiction exists on blue line notebook paper and nowhere else. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. It will never get anywhere else either. It will never be shared. Oh, no, 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 no. But yeah, it was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. And just the fact that it's seven years old is crazy to me. I'm like, this is pretty timely. All you got to, I heard also that when it was released in other countries and they have to do translations, mm-hmm. all of those screens that they're looking at, every single one of those stri- screens were translated into whatever language they needed for the country that it was going to be showing. I'm like, super wow. impressed. Yeah. Too. Yeah. There's a lot going on there, but yeah, very highly recommended. I haven't watched a good horror movie in a while. That was nice. Cool. I'm glad you like that one. Yeah. I also watched Apartment 143, and I do not recommend that because it was meh. Oh, okay. That's not the that's not the uh, Stephen King one. No. The, okay. Right. Has the, the uh, number, as far as I can tell, has nothing to do with anything. It's just a number. Well, fine. I guess that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I watched that. And I'm like, hmm, I want my hour and a half back now, please. Right? Yeah. So we are going to save the Laura Olympus talk for next week because we figure the episode was going to get too long. But yeah, we're probably, I don't even think we talked about Laura Olympus last week. I don't think so. so. We're have a bunch of catch-ups because a lot of stuff happened this week as well. So yes, yes. So more of that later. But I guess that will wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out PixLadyGeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews the fan art galleries whenever we get around to posting a fan art gallery at some point follow us on um, Twitter because I do find a lot of Transformers and Laura Olympus uh, oh my goodness that that picture that you shared of um, somebody's rendering of Windblade this morning was amazing It's like mostly black, white, and gray, but she just looks so menacing. Just really nicely done. That's that's what I want the toy to look like. If I'm yes, yeah, I'm well, very much like that. We we've got a few more months. Maybe that'll arrive from Flame Toys in time for us to take it down to Christmas. So. That would be fun. But anyway, all that and more. PixLadyGeek.com or our various social medias. So yeah, uh, next week we will talk about a Laura Olympus, and I'm sure we will have something else to discuss. I've been watching the final season of Mr. Robot. Did you guys ever watch any of that? No. Only ever watched the first season. I was so freaked out by the ending of that one. I was just kind of like, okay, well, maybe I'll wait. Yeah, it does get even more bleak as you go. Oh, so, boy. Yeah, that was super bleak. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later.
a favor real fast and just say something to make sure that um, I'm not picking up any of your sound off the uh, earphones. Okay. Hello, 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 hello. Yes, yes. We're good. Just okay. want to make sure. Okay. I never want to take that for granted. Yes. Yeah, so. Hang on just a second. Go. Jump. If Jump if you're going to. I knew she was going to jump right in the middle of my sentence anyway. When was the statement from her mom and dad? I can't even remember. I'll just, I'll put it here then. So do you want to talk about the horror movie that we watched? Or do you want to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Ah, that's a good question. Let's do a really brief sit rep with beers, I think. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I forgot we hadn't opened our beers. Hang on one second. Uh, should I should I reintroduce that bit? Uh, yeah, I think that'll probably work. 